that's fine. I think I'm good. <clears throat> this okay. is me talking at a casual tone. That's not that casual, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like <laughs> you sound, you sound very casual. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, got a joke? I do. Is that just how we start? Yeah. Okay. Why couldn't I be a successful doctor? <laughs> because I didn't have the patience for it. <laughs> courtesy of sid my bandmate (laughs) thanks sid hello this is the calgarian i'm taylor lambert Uh, i'm very excited for this episode because i spoke to bethel affework she is a lot of different things she is a poet and a spoken word artist she is a performer she is a mad scientist, um, but the way I first heard of Bethel was through Raw Voices, which is an open mic night that she started when she was a teenager, which I find very impressive, given what a useless teenager I was. Um, we had a really good conversation about that event, Raw Voices, uh, and art in general, and about what it's like to be a young black woman operating in Calgary's cultural spaces. Uh, But just before we get to that conversation, I want to remind you that this podcast needs your support. It is a labor of love, uh, a solo effort, and as a freelance journalist, I have a limited number of unpaid hours to spare each week. Uh, So if you enjoy the show and would like it to continue elevating people in Calgary to a wider audience, please consider kicking me a buck or two on Patreon and spread the word on social media so other people can find out about the show. All the details are at thecalgarian.ca. Many thanks for your support. And now, here is my conversation with Bethel Affelis. Yeah, you can like, it's very noisy. It's a Saturday afternoon. There's families and stuff. I don't know, people milling about. Sounds like it sounds like we're in a cafe or like a bistro or something. Yeah, but we're just gonna go with it and yeah, it'll go fine. great That's, nonetheless. It's ambiance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's ambiance. Where else would I want to talk to a poet other than in a in a bistro? Right, exactly. Very fitting yeah. for the environment. A fake bistro. It's all just special effects. Exactly. Yeah. Um so I'm I'm excited for this because this is this is the fourth uh episode, the fourth interview that I've done for this podcast. Um this is the first one I've done with somebody who I don't know really well. Like we're friends or maybe we're just acquaintances, probably a better way to put it. But like, I don't know a lot about you other than like your public persona and the, the work you do in like public cultural spaces. So, For sure. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see because I don't really know how this which way this is going to go. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited to just have a conversation, <laughs> see what we know about each other already and uh, what That's more right. we can learn. So. In terms of uh, what you do in public cultural spaces, you, you, you do a bunch of things. You wear a lot of hats, as they say. Uh, I, I don't know if you have business cards. I feel like business cards are not a thing for people under like a certain age. <laughs> are you dating me? No. Well, I do have a business card, but it's actually not arts related at all. And you saying that I wear a, little, a lot of different hats, I do. Things that are like completely unrelated to the arts industry too. So like, I do have a business card, but it's more related to... Uh, things I do in the science sector so okay yeah oh I want to hear about that too but I was gonna say if you if you did have a business card with like all of your titles on it all the things that you do on it what what would that business card say um (laughs) it would say I guess performer 
uh, I guess, an artist, um, host, scientist, and a passionate environmentalist. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all I'd be say. Yeah. You should get you should get those business cards made. Yeah. Right. Um, so the the. The way that I first heard about you was through Raw Voices. And okay. so I kind of wanted to start there. Uh, I want to get into like where it came from and like the space that it occupies in the city's art scene. But for people who don't know, can you just first tell us what is Raw Voices? For sure. So uh, Raw Voices is a monthly show I host with me and my friends. Um, and it comprises of comedy, spoken word and music. Um, and we do it monthly at... A place called Locos Lounge. We did first start at Lord Nelson's, um, but essentially for us, it was a space for uh, a space for artists to come and perform open mic, but it to also be eclectic because I think for us, especially in the perspective of young people or students that might not have that much money, it's kind of straining on your bank account and your time to go to like one poetry event here one music event here and then like comedy is not even really known in calgary um so i think that for us it's like okay at the end of the month we can bring people together and it can be a little bit of everything because we know for even a lot of people poetry might not be something they like music might not be something they do or they might like one or the other so this is a chance for them to have a piece of everything in a sense I actually used to live like across the street from Loco. Right, I remember you telling me that. And like I had just moved back to Calgary from Edmonton okay. and I was trying to like get my feet under me and stuff, get back into the city and I was just looking for stuff to do. I'm like, oh, there's this thing, Raw Voices that I found on Facebook. I've never heard of it. It's like literally across the street. <laughs> and it turned into one of my favorite events. Like I've never been to a bad Raw Voices show. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, like it, to say that is like it's not. I wouldn't say it's consistent no. not in terms of the quality, but like it's just you never know what you're gonna get. There. <laughs> you like don't. it is. It's a little hectic sometimes. That's too, part of the charm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so talk about um, why you started this. Um, I know that earlier this summer, so we did start it in July 2016, um, which I think is like I guess like almost three years now. But that summer, I remember me and my friend just saying, oh, it'd be so cool if we just had an art show. Like, we didn't even know what it was going to be. I think we were just going to just do this one-off thing where we um, go we were going to rent Loft 112 and actually just, like, have a bunch of visual artists and just have people walk through, I don't know, like, something. We just wanted to make something. Um, and funny enough, sometimes you just, like, project things in the universe and then, like things just kind of happened. So what happened was the weekend after, I was performing at this place called Lord Nelson's Bar. Um, and it was like a dive bar, like on the end so of it's ADAP. It's a fine, fine Calgary Fave, establishment. Beautiful yeah. establishment that doesn't exist anymore. Shout out to Lord right. Nelson's. Um, that is now the Comedy Cave. But I was there and my friend was hosting an event there and the booker um, just saw me and he was like, oh, you have a really interesting stage presence. Do you want to just like try something here and then we can just see where it goes? And that's literally what happened. I rem like called my friend um, a different friend than um, the same night. And I was like, you know, I got this chance to like host a poetry event. Cause essentially he saw me do a poetry. So he's like, do you want to do poetry open mics? But I knew the one thing that I didn't want was just a poetry open mic. Cause there's just so many of those in the city. At, like, I guess not so many, but there's enough, there's lots. Um, so I was like, you know, we need to do something different. Something that like people that don't like poetry might be invited to as well. Cause that's one thing that I feel there's like a distance between like the person that doesn't know poetry because they think it's this boring thing at a cafe. But anyways, um, my friend was like, 
I was like, I needed to do mu- I was like, I need to do music. So poetry music would be good. And she was like, Why don't you do comedy? I was like, I ha- I don't know any comedians. She's like, You'll figure <laughs> it out. You'll figure it out. And I was like, Does Calgary even have a comedy scene? And we do. Um, but it's pretty much how it started. First show went really well there, and then uh, they essentially just said, Do you want to do this monthly? And uh, that's just how it went. Um, they ended up shutting down on August August 2017. So then. We kind of took a hiatus for a month and then found Locos, luckily, and we've been there since September of 2017. Yeah. Wow. So you started this in 2016. Yeah. How old were you then? Just turned 18. Hopefully, I was not 17, though. No. Yeah, I just turned 18, yeah. That's, that's super cool. Or just turned 19. Like? Yeah. <laughs> the difference doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like when I was when I was eighteen or nineteen, you know what I was doing? Nothing good. Not not organizing like arts nights and poetry. Like no, like that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's something I really enjoyed doing even in high school. So I think that I already had this like itch to do something. Um, and I had a great group of friends that were super supportive that are still super supportive. Um, because the one thing you realize it's like, yeah, anyone can have a great idea, but who can really sustain it? And you really need a decent amount of people that are there to help you because you can't do anything by yourself. So, yeah. yeah. So when you started it, did, well, so first I want to ask, was it basically the same type of show? Did it change at all going from Lord Nelson's to Locos? No, not at all, really. Like, we still have the open mic features, open mic format. I guess, like, where the features go. Like, we used to do the features at the end. Now we do them in the middle. Um, we never really, like, and the the idea of the jam. Actually, the idea of the jam first happened at Lauren Nelson's. So, yeah, no, it's pretty much been the same. We've, sometimes being there every month, you're like, uh, how do you change this up? So sometimes we try to change up the order of features or um do that but really at the end of the night it really works well with like open mic features and then just open mic for the rest of the night and then close it off so yeah pretty much been the same (laughs) since day one um so when you started it did you have any idea beyond like you wanted to encompass a bunch of different art forms you didn't want it to just, just be poetry you wanted to have like a bunch of different aspects to it aside from that did you have anything that you wanted to do with it or any, anything that you wanted it to be? Oh, other than it being just not poetry. Right, like other than just like, you know, a uh, random smash bag of, uh, of arts on a, on, a, on a Friday night. Right. Like, were you trying to, to do anything with it? Did you have any aspirations? I think that my one thing was I wanted to bring people that thought there was no art scene in Calgary or people that didn't think that they would ever go to an event like this and kind of just see it as a social gathering. Um, I think that young people or just like people in general are just looking for a way to spend their time. And I think this just gives people an option to come and hang out with their friends. Not, I'm not even expecting you to sit with like, you know, your legs cro- crossed, like listening to poetry. Like we have pool tables, you can go outside, you can talk with your friends, you can even talk inside, like as long as you're not being too disruptive. But I think for me, it's more of a safe space for people to gather, even if you're not really in like an artsy person, right? Like that's one thing people say, they're like, am I even gonna enjoy it? I'm not an artsy person, but it's not about that. It's just a place that you can, you go and have beers with your friends, right? So this could be a place where you could do that and also meet new people. Locos is a dive bar, I think it's fair to say. And so like when you go there for raw voices on a Friday night, like 
there's the regulars are there yes and like these are not folks you would who would like go out of their way to go to an event like this they're just there at their regular bar yeah and so you you bring in all these like young folks doing poetry and comedy and like it's but they're like they're into it yeah they are a lot of them are into it they are and the thing is like it is um i really do like the bartenders there that are very supportive and in a way as to say if people are being disrespectful they've been really good at kicking people out i know that I mean, I could say whatever about Lauren Nelson's now, but I know that sometimes at Lauren Nelson's there was a lot of heckling and we didn't feel like it was addressed to the extent that we wanted it to be, right? Because it's like, we don't mind these people being here, but people are literally screaming, like they're mm. just being so noisy. So I think that Locos has been um, quite generous with, you know, working well with us because, you know, they're very supportive of what we do um, and they understand who their regulars are. So um, they, for the most part, I would say like 85% of the time, they're they're pretty fine, but you know, you get couple bad apples <laughs> or annoying ones <laughs> okay so you uh, I, I, i'm interested in in your origin story like are you from calgary did you did yeah so i mean my parents immigrated here in like early 90s into to toronto so i was born in toronto but I where, moved, did, where did they immigrate from uh ethiopia i mean they were in europe for a bit of time but i guess after that <laughs> um and we moved here when i was five so i'd pretty much a Calgaryan, born and raised here, moved a couple times within the city, so I know a couple parts of the city. Um, this is an interesting city if we want to talk about the city, but yeah, pretty oh, much Calgaryan. We're, we're going to talk about the city, but I want to talk about you some more. Okay. Um, what, was the, uh, what was the first art form that you really got into? Um, I've been playing piano since I was five. My parents put me in lessons, so that was definitely my first introduction, and I think I did my first recital when I was also five, so the... Performing early on has really shaped my ability, I feel, to perform today as comfortably as I do. I'm not saying like I don't get nervous, but um, after playing the piano for a bit in elementary, I did a lot of stuff in drama. So I was in school plays and stuff. So me and the stage have always been like really good friends. And I feel like that's like a comfort zone for me. Um, So I think that when I left high school, um, that's why Raw Voices was so important or having an art show because I felt like I was at uni. I didn't do anything much of my free time. Like it kind of occupied all my time and I was in a major I hated at the time. And, and I think that not having, not being able to perform or be on a stage, it really just, it really just kind of broke my heart. So um, um, yeah, I've been performing at a young age and that's just kind of something I love doing. When did you get into uh, poetry? High school. High school. So a social teacher showed us a video on Def Jam to just like teach us something that on social. I don't know. She's like, this poem's good. Watch it. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Whatever he's doing, because it was like rap, but not rap, but it was poetry, but like more urban. I don't. I don't know how to explain it. It was just a really good performance. And then my teacher assigned this assignment that I pushed off and I realized it was like due the next day. And I was like, oh no, and I was like reading the guidelines and it was like, you can write a short story, you can write an essay. And then the last thing it's like, you can write like a poem or spoken word. And I was like, I'm gonna try that cause it seems much faster <laughs> than having to write an essay. Um, so I did it and after that, my teacher, she was my English teacher and she was like, this is, this is amazing. And she's like, did you, have you ever written anything like this? And I was like, no. And she just showed other teachers. And that year she was like, do you want to help start up the, 
um, spoken word club at our school. And I don't know if you've heard of Can You Hear Me Now, um, but yeah. essentially the first year that started, um, she just asked me if I could help her start because she was one of the teachers that helped start Can You Hear Me Now. So huh. that's where my spoken wordness beginnings began. <laughs> <laughs> spoken wordness beginnings began, yeah. Put that on your business card. Yeah. <laughs> um, was poetry like... Was, was it something personal and private for you or, or was it always something that you shared with people? I think that most of it is very a public thing. Um, I don't write a lot of poetry about my personal life. If I do write poetry for myself, it is very short and um, it's not something I intend to perform just because it's like so short and it's just a way, a therapeutic way of getting something out. Um, but a lot of the things I write, I do like to share them. Um, why, yeah. why do you think you have that, that separation? Like things, I mean, there's obviously thing, poetry that you write that uh, is, is so personal and private that you don't want to share it, but there seems to be like a, a separation between uh, the art that you do that you share publicly, right? And then the the lesser, not lesser, but like the 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 ones that are kept in the books, <laughs> more infrequent, maybe. Yeah. Like it sounds like most of your art is for public consumption. It is. I, but I think that to get to the public consumption, a lot of things go through drafts or things that I just don't want to show people, just because I don't feel like it has much substance to it. Like it could, but there you have to practice performing something or you have to have the intent to perform things and sometimes when I read this it's not really something for me to perform maybe if like I wanted to share something with someone I can give them the book and let them read it but it's not really something it's I'm not motivated to perform it it's like I have performance pieces and then I have like we'll never leave the book pieces and I just think that's just kind of how it's always been I wrote songs before way before I wrote poetry which I think is what helped me get into poetry um, since I loved writing songs and there's hundreds of songs no one will hear and there's a, that one song you perform at the talent show that people hear so I think that it is for most artists um, they don't share everything from how I know it and I don't share everything so yeah <laughs> so there's lots in the depository that is yet to be <laughs> discovered um, tell me about Basque Basque. Oh, this is where Sid comes in. So you know that guy that gave me the joke? He has a lot of those. Um, does, he have, does he have better ones? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just get way worse. <laughs> Sorry, Sid. Yeah. <laughs> no need to apologize. Um, Basque. Yeah. So um, um, I started with music as a kid growing up. Then I did spoken word. And then I got to this place called university. And then I was a computer science major. I know. Save your laughter for later. Um, but in that computer science major, I met this guy um, named Sid, who, who's still a comp sci major, um, but he's good at it, so it's, it's different. Um, yeah, I essentially, rem like, we met in first year after a midterm through a mutual friend of ours, and we just started hanging out. We were also in the same major, took similar classes, and we, like, got along really well. So all first year, we were just, we were just really good friends. And then second year came, and he moved on to residence and he was just telling me like, oh, I play the guitar. He was in gig club at the time. So um, there's this club and he used to perform at a lot of open mics and we used to go to some of them on campus or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, you're pretty good at guitar. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then the second year, 
Uh, and then he's like, oh, you're pretty good at poetry. And then the second year came and he's like, you know, I write a lot of instrumentals and I don't really feel like I can, I'm good at writing lyrics. And I was like, you know, I've been thinking of making poetry in this means more digestible um, or something that you could listen to just wherever you go. Because I feel like people perceive poetry as something very serious and solemn. Mm -hmm. And I think one way of making something more casual is adding music to it. Um, and then one day we were just like, hey, let's just try this thing. And I did a poem on one of his instrumentals and it worked really well. And then we just started performing at open mics um, together. Um, and that year we would just perform as like Bethel with the accompaniment of her friend playing guitar with her or whatever, Sid. Um, and then the year after that, I remember talking to one of his friends and he said, hey, Sid told me you're in a band. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know we were in a band. And then, <laughs> and then I went up to him that day. I was like, are we in a band? He's like, we might as well be. And I was like, we should figure out a name. And uh, we figured out after quite a bit of time. I mean, not that bit of time. This is one of the first names we figured out because it's quite simple. It's just our initials. <laughs> and then we went through this whole thing where we were like, we should we have like a creative name, like super out of the parks, like some random thing. And we're like, no, Basque works. It's our initials. We like the meaning of the word. We felt like it just worked out. So yeah, so we've been, we perform Abbas Basque for like the past year now. So yeah. Uh, do you where do you perform? Like, I know I've seen you a bunch of times at, at Raw Voices. Right. But. So we perform there every month just because, I mean, it's there. <laughs> Why you're, not? You're, you're there anyway. Right now. I'm there anyways. Uh, we've performed at Koi a bunch of times. We've done things with Miranda at West Village. Um, we've performed at Shelf Life. Um, not Can You Hear Me Now because you, you're not allowed instrumentals there. So I only perform by myself there. Um, yeah. And just random places at, like, bars or open mics. But, yeah. I want, to, I want to come back to Raw Voices for a second. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, like, so the, from the first time I went, um, I don't know how many I've been to now, but uh, the first time I went to Raw Voices, the thing that struck me the most um, was the demographics of the folks there. Mm -hmm. It is uh, very diverse. Um, it is very young. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, you're 20, and so, like, your friends... 21. I'm sorry! <laughs> I can't do I can't do the math. <laughs> Whatever. No, but like okay, so like I'm a yes, young normal person. So I go I go to a lot of arts events and things in in the city. I go I I, I go to the readings. I go to the whatevers and and like the uh, like according to the census, like the the demographics of the city at large is something like a third of Calgarians are not white. Right. Um, but that is not reflected when you go to, say, reading at Shelf Life all the time. Depends on the reading, depends on what it is. But like a lot of the events I go to, it, it, it doesn't look like that. Um, there's 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 representation missing. Mm -hmm. um, not just in the in the not only in the in the people performing, although that too, but also just like in the crowds who are attending these shows. And so when I went to Raw Voices, it seemed like. Yeah, it, it just struck me as something that was really out of the ordinary for Calgary and also somehow something that like still a lot of people have not heard of. Right. Um, first of all, I guess I'm wondering what, what is it like to be an artist of color in a city like Calgary? You mm -hmm. said you wanted to talk about the city, so this is your chance. Oh, this is Calgary, what's up? <laughs> um, okay, I guess to that part of the question, um, person of color, young girl, woman, um, 
So for me, I guess it's important to know that I did grow up in the Northeast for most of my life. Um, I went to high school at Father Lacombe, which I would say does not represent Calgary's one-third of a person of color is not white. It's definitely like 99% of people there were probably recent immigrants, to be honest. Okay, not 99%. But like 70%, I would say, immigrated here in the past 10 years. Like I could almost swear that to you, to the day. And I think being in Father Lacombe had kind of shielded me from certain experiences my friends would have if they grew up in, grew up in the South, right? There was a certain type of confidence or relatability with everyone, and therefore the idea of prejudiceness was very low. I would say people understood each other on a cultural level just more naturally. But I think it came more when you leave uni. Um, but even like within that, I think that what I experienced more was the idea of colorism. You don't realize like even within your own communities, there's just like that idea that there's like light skinned people and dark skinned people. And I think that that's more what I experienced leaving, though, going to university. I met people that I didn't realize there were quite ignorant like paradigms if you're not really exposed to people of other cultures. Um, and I think that I was lucky enough to be in a high school where it instilled that confidence for me to be more confident to have these conversations with people as I left because if that was thrown at me when I was like 15, it might have not went as well. And even now, it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy to see how people view things sometimes. Um, but for me, I think it really worked to my advantage because being a person of color, I think that there was a certain culture upbringing that I was able to bring to my music, um, certain types of struggles that I am able to relate to or write about or um, things that I experience obviously inspire my writing. So I think that it's been it's been great. I think that what had it has done though, being an artist has opened a lot of conversations up. Conversations that I didn't think people really had, like conversations that I didn't think I would have once I left high school because I didn't realize that the world still thought in probably a 1950s mindset in parts of Calgary. Um, and I think that is a big eye-opener, but I think art is a great way to communicate. And I think that it's um, a great place, because I know friends that have had a lot of paradigm shifts coming to Raw Voices, right? They were probably rich kids from the South that haven't really seen many people of color in one place. And it was, they said it, they, they were shocked, right? And I think it is really important for us to have a place to come together because at the end of the day, it's exposure that really changes a person's attitude, right? You could tell them whatever, but it's really them being exposed to different things that shift their ideas. Um, so yeah, I hope my art is a way to like start a conversation because I don't, I don't really make a lot of poetry that pertains to like race or race struggles I have. I, I do have a couple, and even then, I really hope it bridges like a larger message than just that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like just speaking as a white guy, I, I think that like you don't have to be 
speaking explicitly or overtly about race. Yeah. No. Uh, so it, it's more just about the perspectives that you hold as a person of color, mm-hmm. uh, just moving through the world, and th- those have value, and that's why it's 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 important to have diversity in, in our cultural spaces. I'm wondering, do you think Calgary's art scene has a has a problem incorporating and elevating people of color, artists of color? I don't particularly think so, and and this is me speaking of like going to Father Lacombe and having like um, a culture that really fostered you know, bringing up kids like me, right? Like our teachers were just, you know, so adamant, literally being like second parents to a lot of people. And I think that the city as a whole, though, just has a general problem of supporting the arts in general. Like it's not, it doesn't even have to pertain to like people of color because I think what happens is when a resource or something is not invested in like people of color are the last people to like get a piece of the pie right and so i think what happens is the city doesn't realize there is a lot of place they can put their money to foster certain types of diverse arts and cultures but if you look at their committee it might not represent that and then the money is only going to go to people they know about right and then it's like who are who's going to find out about those grants or those fundings right um, I think there's a lot of things out there. I think the city is definitely doing better. Um, I just think um, if we are looking in the stereotypical places, if we were just to go um, to your, just like your average poetry event or whatever, I think that what happens is um, there becomes a divide because I think that poetry, a lot of people see it as this very like solemn coffee shop thing. and that might not pertain to someone in the Northeast that likes, you know, a very, like has a very urban way of viewing things, right? Or, or in, enjoys more like that hip hop or, you know, um, because that's what speaks more to them. So I think the lack is how it's being presented and um, the people running the art scenes doesn't don't even know how to get into that community, right? Because it's like, how are you gonna get into a community you're not even a part of? So when you started Raw Voices, um, part of what I was asking you before without actually asking you was, okay. uh, uh, did you want it to be a space for artists of color to come? Because like that's, that's the first thing that struck me when I, when I went in there was that like, oh, this is where all the young black artists are coming to do their art. Right. And it's like, I, I don't see those things at... I'm not going to name venues and single them out, but like, you know, I don't, I don't see those in, in the usual spaces that, that get all the attention and all of the money. Mm-hmm. So was that my intention? I guess it's like, ne- that was never really my intention, but like my intention was to give platforms to people that don't usually have a platform. And then I think that inevitably brings that space of people like people of color i think that it's really funny that that's the one thing so many people have said about it like they could literally say anything they could even like not enjoy raw voices but they'll walk out being like i've literally never been in a room that's so diverse um and that was never my intentions but i obviously know the people i'm around are a lot of people of color and i know that they felt like they didn't really have spaces or whatever. And I think it it really came down to like once these people that I see grow like graduate high school and once I see like, you know, just the people around me, 
leave high school or go out into the world and they're trying to find a way to spend their time. You know, a lot of young people are just over the clubbing, they're over the, you know, the excessive drinking, the partying, right? Like you just need some nights where you just have like genuine conversations with people. Um, and I think my intention wasn't just people of color. Obviously it's like I wanted to see myself and people like me there, but it was really just bringing a platform to people that may have not like not gotten a platform essentially and i think that a big slice of that pie is the young people of color so do you see raw voices continuing like indefinitely or changing in any way or expanding is this is this like the cornerstone of your empire <laughs> what's happening next um so i guess it's not gonna be the way it is forever um i won't run it actually after I graduate uni, not in the way that you see it now, just because I don't think my life is going to be the same when I leave uni. I'm trying to do a bit of traveling and stuff. But what I am trying to do is open up a creative space. Okay, I can't tell you guys too much details, but like, <laughs> I essentially, it's very general. Like, uh, I don't think anyone's going to steal my idea on here. But like, it's essentially just supposed to be a co-working creative space that can make shift into workshops, that can like make shift into evening shows. That it's just I would ideally have like one space and like two classrooms, and just kind of do this whole what YMCA does for sports and do it for the arts. Um, so I think that once a month there would be a raw voices there, but it would be in its own space and it would be a space that's running all day. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's where that's where the plan is uh, headed towards. So yeah, all that five dollar cover, we don't pay anyone, so that's like a way to kind of store money away for the grand idea at the end. So, Ooh. Yeah, the big grand idea. And if none of it works, I'll just I'll give it to charity, I guess, or something. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody steal Bethel's idea, but you should definitely give her money to make it work. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to volunteer or help, but like bring bring it up. I'd love help. I love put your name on it. So. Uh, yeah, that's how community works. Um, so I, I grew up kind of in Calgary. Um, I moved back and forth between here and Regina uh, okay. a few different times, but like I grew up in the Northwest. Um, that's where I live now. Oh yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I live in Hawkwood. That's where I grew up. Okay. Weird. Yeah. I live in a, like a community way north, like where Costco Sarsi is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. like when I... <laughs> that area did not exist like 10 years ago. I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm not as old as I'm going to make myself sound, but... Okay. When I grew up in Hawkwood, uh, the street that we were on was literally the end of the city. Like it just ended in like a like a gravel cul-de-sac and no. it was just fields. That was it. <laughs> like I remember, like Arbor Lake and Citadel, like right. all that stuff came afterwards. Got you. So like everything past that is like. So like the farthest you could go is like Dalhousie Station. Not even was it Dalhousie Dal Station? No, I remember when they built Dalhousie Station. It was Brentwood Station. Okay. They built Dalhousie Station when I was in in high school. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm not that old. I, I know you're not. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was leading to a point here. Um, Northeast Calgary, right, no, I, yeah, parts so I, of the yeah, city. I grew up here. I grew up here. Yeah. Um, and then I went away to uh, Montreal for university. And okay. uh, I, I didn't come back here um, for a long time. I didn't really like Calgary growing up out in the suburbs. And then when I went to Montreal, it's like, aha, this is what a city should be like. This yeah. is you know, arts, oh. arts and community <laughs> and all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but then I eventually made my way back here in 2012. And, and, and I, I love the city. I love how it had changed. I had probably changed, but also the city had changed. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm curious um, what it's like now to be 
at the point you are in your life, at the point you are in your artistic career, uh, having grown up in Calgary, having roots here, what does it look like? Like, what does the artistic landscape look like through your eyes? And also, um, do you see yourself sticking around here or do you see yourself like, is, is it like not good enough, too small? Not, not not good enough, but like, are things not changing for the better fast enough? I got you. Yeah, a lot of I know a lot of people leave Calgary to go to cities like Toronto or Vancouver um, because they're like, the art scene is not really what I wanted to be here. It's too small or this or that. I can't, I don't know what the art scene in Calgary was like when I was six years old, but <laughs> I could tell you um, that when I was in high school, I could only recall really one spoken word event that was happening, which was in Winos called Ink Spot. That was like the only thing. Yeah. And I remember my teacher taking me when I was 16 and she's like, you're performing here. <laughs> just going to do this thing. Um, and back then, like she was quite involved. Can You Hear Me Now was just starting. Um, and I've just seen so many things pop up, maybe fizzle out, but just so many things just in the past five years. Um, you see Studio Bell now. You see like just the Sunnyside containers, I think, were a big thing, too. Like, you would just walk around the city, you just hear, like, open mics just happening in that in those containers by Sunnyside Station or by City Hall Station. Um, I think it's really grown. I, I think that it was because of a lot of efforts for her people within the city that it did happen. I don't... I mean, like, the government did help a bit, but, like, even compared to Edmonton, I don't feel like our city puts enough money in. Like, I mean, we yeah. know that they don't. It's, like, there's numbers. Um, so, for me, it's, like, even just seeing Calgary in the past year or two, um, I do want to stay in Calgary just because I see the potential, and it's, like, if no one builds it here, there's no reason to, like, leave and go to an already established place. And I think that what Calgary has that a lot of these other cities that are quite established in their art scenes don't have is that it's it's a place for you to try out new ideas, right? It's literally fertile land, right? Like there's a big shift um, in our oil and gas industry culture because I think that when you go to Calgary's downtown, you feel the corporate, right? Like this is a very corporate city. But you know that like corporateness and money isn't what equates to like a good city or a good life overall, right? And I think that our city is starting to understand that now that, you know, oil and gas is not really something that people want for so long. Um, and I think that it's important for people to stay and kind of just sacrifice that. Because I think for me, it's like this is a place where um, I can really build a base before I leave. Um, because I think, like I said, it's a great place for you to try out new ideas because there's not much here, right? Like you could offer the city a lot. So like why leave some leave and, you know, be the hundredth person who did it or stay here and be the first, um, even though it might be a bit more work, even though you might have, you know, the lack of support, you won't, there might be a lack of support just because people don't really know what they're doing in the city in terms of arts, but you know, you just, you just gotta over the bumps in the road <laughs> and you'll get to your destination it'll be awesome that, that sounds optimistic yeah <laughs> so you gotta be optimistic it's not easy to even do something small like raw voices because i'm gonna say this lord nelson's managers did not know how to run a business just because you're shut down now so i can say that but yeah it's it's really <laughs> tough a lot of people really see the instant gratification of money much faster than they see the potential it has to really change someone's life right and i think that 
people when they're running businesses, when they're living their lives, like obviously money matters, we need money. Um, and I think I'm privileged enough to say like, you know, the money isn't the first thing, doesn't really matter. I think that's like a place of privilege for me to say that. But at the end of the day, money comes after, you know, money, money will come. You just need to, you need to sacrifice a bit because it's, it's all about the long term, not the short term. So what are you studying? What am I studying? I'm in a, not in computer science anymore. <laughs> let me tell you that. Um, I'm in a combined degree in energy science and communications. So, Okay. Yeah. What's your interest in science? Um, uh, renewable energy, specifically solar and nuclear energy. Nice. What do you What do you want to do with that? What do you do with that? What Yeah. Uh, what is I, What is What does Future Bethel's <laughs> business card say? Well, in the future, I do want to open up the creative space. That is definitely ultimate goal. But in the meantime, I would love to do some consulting. I know a lot of people wouldn't mind getting advice on how to improve their homes or um, or how to cut down on electricity or natural gas bills, heating bills. Um, and I think that's something I'd love to help people do. Uh, so I wouldn't mind working for, you know, there's lots of startup solar companies or whatever in Calgary. That's probably something I would do. Um, I haven't really thought about it much yet, but anything in the renewable energy sector I'd be down to do. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> So sometimes when you're when you're performing, you wear like a lab coat and you've got like a mad scientist. Thing that was going just on. for Halloween. Was that? Uh, yeah. That was just for Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was. That was. I, I was kind of. I was kind of hoping that was like the your your, a thing. your No, but like that was your goal to be a, a mad scientist and just call yourself an environmental scientist. Honestly, I just might be. I might just like be in a lab and just figure out the next new best of renewable energy, which wouldn't make any sense because I'm pretty sure we've found it all. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But yeah, I uh, would love to discover something crazy. I don't know, split an atom or something? That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's already done that, so. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. yeah, that was the whole thing. Yeah, I heard it was something. I think I've asked some of my questions. Is there anything you want to plug? Do you want oh, to plug anything? anything? Um, Basque has two projects out. One's a music video and one's our first EP. Um... Yeah, that is on all streaming platforms that I could think of pretty much. Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube. But why would you use YouTube to stream music? But <laughs> some people do. Some people do. Some They've people got, do. When I, when, I, when I go look something up on YouTube, uh, they, they have a thing like, do you want to go to YouTube Music? True. Oh, yeah. There's the YouTube That's Music whole thing. thing now. Yeah. Down. This technology is moving you're, much faster than I can. You're getting old. Though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Damn, these children, I can't keep up. They have YouTube Premium now too. Um, yeah, it's called Convalence. That's Convalence with a K, K-O-N, Valence. Um, our name is Basque. That's B-A-S-K. And um, you can find our stuff in our links, in our social media links, or just search up Convalence space Basque. Um, our social media links is just Basque Music Duo. So, and where can people check out Rob Voices? Where, uh, where and when? Where and when? Yes. Yeah, so last Friday of every month, it's at Locos Lounge. So that's five twenty-eight for Ave Southwest. That is not Loco Lose. Not, not Loco Loco Lose. Yeah, not the one on sixteenth. No. 
honest mistake. Hopefully you didn't make that mistake. No, I didn't. When, when I tell people about it, they're like, oh, yeah, it's a local loser. I'm like, no, it's no, not a local loser. Don't go there. No, it's downtown, 4th yeah, Avenue. It, it's downtown. It's pretty much like center downtown. Um, last Friday of every month, doors open at 8 p.m., just $5 cover. Um, if you are into the social media thing, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that's Raw Voices YYC. So it's R-A-W Voices YYC. Everybody should go check out uh, art that uh, you didn't know was in your city, probably. Yeah, you probably didn't know. Yeah. Uh, Bethel, thank you very much for doing this. Yo, thank you so much, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for the show. Big thanks to Bethel for that conversation. You should all go check out Raw Voices the last Friday of every month at Loco's Lounge downtown. The Calgarian is hosted and produced by me, Taylor Lambert. Theme music is Dandelion by Ghostkeeper. If you like this show, please feed and water it by telling your friends, by leaving a review in your podcast app, and by contributing a buck or two a month on Patreon. Visit thecalgarian.ca and find me on Twitter, at TS underscore Lambert. Thanks for listening. <laughs>